0: Ah, um, oh yeah, is my Bible. Uh, if, you, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to um, Daniel chapter 3 this morning. No, just the book of Daniel. We'll make it up as we go along. That's not true, by the way. We're very well prepared. <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit this morning about serving without compromise. The idea behind that is, you know, being able to stay true to who we are in God and what we stand for when sometimes in the society or the culture that we live in doesn't hold to the same standards or beliefs. I believe that we can be a people who serve without compromising the fact that we're actually serving, but we can actually serve without compromise in and of ourselves. The way we Conduct ourselves matters amen. I love what Paul says that you yourselves are a letter written by Christ, known and read by everybody, like we're his ambassadors, we're his representatives i I, I, I can't remember how many times at the meat work someone would say to me, Ah, oh, is that what Christians do, or you can't do that you're a Christian and I learned that the the best response was how would you know? <laughs> you sinner. Uh, <laughs> Do you know God? In uh, jest, and jest. Um, but the way we serve plays an integral role in the way that other people will receive and perceive us. And I want to take a look at the life of Daniel uh, this morning, because I, I, I just think throughout his story, We see the heart of someone who was able to serve without compromise. And If you read through the biblical text, I think it's four different kings that he serves under. Historically, it gives a bit of a different account. Maybe there was more kings, but but biblically, the account is, I I think, four. Um, And he did all of this after being forced into service following the conquest of Jerusalem by the Babylonian Empire and the King Nebuchadnezzar. What I want to start by looking at this morning, which may be a little odd way of doing it, but is actually talking about the first dream that Daniel's called to interpret. There's a there's a gift, a grace on his life, if you if you like, where he has this ability to um, understand mysteries and, and and interpret dreams. And King Nebuchadnezzar has had a dream, and he's called all of the wise men, all of the magicians, all of the sorcerers, all the enchanters, all the astrologers, all the, all, all, all the philosophers in his land to, to come and interpret the dream for him. But he refuses to tell them what the dream is. He says to them, the only way I'm going to be sure that you're giving a true interpretation of the dream that I had is if you can actually accurately describe and tell me what my dream was in the first place. Oh, and by the way, if you get it wrong, I'm going to have you chopped up into little pieces And your household turned into rubble. So, but if you get it right, I'll give you gifts and great rewards and you'll get great honor. So it's kind of a a risk and reward scenario. Oh, uh, uh, you were dreaming about the purple octopus with the pink spots and it was eating a leprechaun. No, you're wrong. Chop, 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 chop. (sighs) You can't just make that stuff up. So no one was willing, right? No one was willing to speak up and, and, and say, this is the dream that you had, and this is what it means. The king became so furious with his subjects that he ordered the execution of all the wise men throughout his whole kingdom. He says, you're, you, you're all useless. None of you can do anything that I'm asking you, so I'm going to put you all to death. When, da- when Daniel finds out about this, because someone turns up and says, hey, uh, Daniel, you're a wise man. Come with me. You're going to die. He goes, oh, wait, what's this all about? Uh, perhaps I can help out. And so he, he he says to the guy who comes to get him. I think it might be Azariah. Hey, can you just give us some give us a moment? Give me some time, and I'll go and uh, with my three friends who we we learn a renamed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and we're going to pray and ask God for an interpretation from the dream. And so that he goes, okay, I'll give you a. Give you some time. Daniel comes back and says, look, I'm ready, right? I'm ready to go and see the king. I've got an interpretation for the dream. And he turns up. Nebuchadnezzar says to him, you know, I hear you've got an interpretation for the dream. In, In Daniel 2 and verse 27, Daniel replies, "Well, no wise man, no enchanter or magician or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he began to interpret the dream or, or actually tell Nebuchadnezzar what the dream was and then interpret it. He says, well, this is the dream that you had. You, you, in your dream, you saw a large statue. In fact, he says it was an enormous and dazzling statue. Its head was made of pure gold. Its, its torso and its arms were silver. Its, um, its its midsection was made of bronze and its, and its legs were made of silver. Uh, Iron and its feet were made of iron and clay. And then you saw a rock which was carved out but not by human hands came and smashed the feet of iron and clay, and the whole statue crumbled in on itself and broke to pieces until it became like empty husks of wheat floating away on the breeze. Is that right? Nehemiah, are you going to chop me into little pieces? No, no, that's uh, quite accurate, actually. How good, because this is the meaning of your dream. The different parts of the statue, he says, represent different kingdoms. The the gold part is, you know, the head made of pure gold, that's actually representative of the Babylonian kingdom, your, your own empire. And all the other ones are kingdoms which will follow yours to the point where this rock that's hewn out, not by human hands, Comes and smashes the feet of the statue, and, 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 and the whole thing crumbles down. But this rock then starts turning into a huge mountain which fills the whole earth. He says, That's the, that's the, that's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom that's coming. He explains the dream and says, this, this is what it is. Historically, we now know that it was the kingdoms represented were, were Babylon, uh, Persian, Greek, Roman, and then. Jesus turns up and smashes it all to pieces and it's, I guess, the inception of the kingdom of God in a whole new way. That's a good word. Amen, brother. Sorry for crying earlier. I prefer to tell jokes, but uh, it was quite moving. Uh, (laughs) But this rock that's representative of Jesus and the kingdom of God, grows into this huge mountain that fills the whole earth. And there's a significance still in that for us today. In Isaiah, in chapter 9, verses 6 to 7, Isaiah writes, For unto us a child is born, which is something we often hear around Christmas, this this passage of Scripture, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. The government will rest upon his shoulders. It's talking about kingdom. It's talking about kingdom authority. The authority of the kingdom of God rests upon the shoulders of Jesus. And of the increase of his kingdom and of peace, there will be no end. Habakkuk 2 in verse 14 puts it this way. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I love the imagery of that. The water's covering the sea. What what does that look like? Well, no place is left untouched. No place is left dry when the waters cover over. It gets into every nook. It gets into every cranny. It touches every place. In Matthew 28 and verse 19, Jesus is talking about the Great Commission. He says to, to the disciples, or actually he says to us, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to go into all nations? It means to go into all the earth, right? It means that his ambassadors, as his representatives, as the ones who carry the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom is within you that we are now the ones who have an authority in our lives to extend his kingdom, to see it established in every part of the earth. We are the waters and the flood that Habakkuk talks about. The reason for saying all this is because the way we serve matters. We carry the kingdom of heaven and how we serve others plays an integral role in the way that we are received and perceived by those around us. Jesus says of himself in Matthew 26, or um, well, well, says to his disciples in Matthew 26, whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant. He says of himself in Matthew 20 in verse 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And again, Matthew twenty three eleven, the greatest among you will be your servant. We serve up the kingdom. We serve as representatives to the king and his glory and his dominion in the earth. Daniel, the book of Daniel, gives us some of the greatest insight, I believe, or some of the greatest examples of being able to serve without compromise. You know, I've often had conversations with people I want to, I'm thinking of moving on from my workplace because I don't agree with what's happening there. Well, and sometimes that's right. Yes and amen. There's times and seasons for everything. But I often find that more regularly the correct answer is, well, don't you understand the authority that you're carrying? Don't you, don't you recognize the fact that you're an agent of change, that you're an architect of culture in, in some degree? that you've, you, you, you you carry something of a capacity to unlock the kingdom of heaven in your workplace and see culture change and see things transformed. And Daniel, in all his serving, he manages to serve with integrity, with intelligence, with skillfulness, with wisdom, whilst operating with this amazing supernatural grace that's evidenced that that gives evidence to the sovereignty of God. I love that, that that here he is forced into service under a conquering empire, serving foreign kings, but still operating with excellence. And in, in, in Daniel chapter one, it, 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 it describes what it was like for them. Uh, that King Nebuchadnezzar passed a, a decree saying to his I don't know his cohorts, go and get me some of the young men from Jerusalem, go and get me some of the young men from the royal family and from the nobility to come and serve under me. And, 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 and this, is the, this, this, this is what they need to be able to do. They had to be handsome, great. They had to have no physical defect. They have an aptitude for every kind of learning. They had to be well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve. And they would be taught the language and the literature of the Babylonians. And they would be trained like this for a full three years. And then they were to enter the king's service. Oh, I think about that. go, oh, Wow, they were young men from the royal family and from nobility. Maybe some of them didn't know how to serve. Maybe some of them weren't used to being servants. But being served. Yet Daniel chose to operate with excellence regardless of the circumstances that he was thrown into. At the end of the set time, at the end of the three years, Daniel Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were found, the, 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 the biblical account says, to be 10 times better, 10 times brighter than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. I think it's because they carried the spirit of excellence. Colossians 3 and verse 23 and 24 says this, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. Well, that's a pretty big deal, right? Like in anything that we do, whatever you do, Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And all throughout the the, the book of Daniel, these guys continue to serve with excellence, with an excellent spirit, even in the midst of trying circumstances. They served with excellence without compromise. I mean, there's nothing like being thrown into a blazing furnace to see if you'll compromise your beliefs, right? Like, hey, uh, yeah. Unless you three guys bow down to me, King Nebuchadnezzar says, "I'm going to throw you into this blazing furnace. Renounce your god and worship me, on pain of death." Hell, no! We won't go. It's probably not what they said. I know we not because that god will deliver us, right? We're not going to compromise our beliefs because some bully is telling us to do so. And even if he doesn't deliver us. We're not going to bow down anyway. We'll continue to serve with excellence as they do throughout the, the, the I don't know the remaining pages of the book, but we're not going to compromise on our beliefs. You know, you're either going to take us as we are. We're, we're... Amen. Daniel continued to serve with humility. An extra introduction to Daniel in the in the book is when he's called to interpret the dream that we've already talked about this morning. And again, Nebuchadnezzar says to him, on um, pain of death and uh, at the risk of being chopped and hacked into small pieces. You don't want this guy as your boss, by the way. But Daniel stirs with humility. when he's facing king Nebuchadnezzar Daniel says to him no wise man again Daniel 2:27 and 28 no wise man no enchanter or magician or diviner can explain to the king the mystery that he is asked about and then the next line I think is really important because he doesn't say but here I am no one else can do it but I can right he didn't claim the glory for himself. He, he, he didn't claim the accolades as his own. He wasn't after the applause. He See, no one else can do it. That's, that's proven. That's, that's, that's tried and tested. But there's a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He points King Nebuchadnezzar toward God and evidences that because he's in relationship with the Father, that he has the ability to decipher what is being revealed but he's operating with humility you know that humility is the greatest key to intimacy in the book of numbers in chapter 12 it tells the story of Aaron and Miriam as they bring an accusation against Moses they say well is he the only one that god speaks to can't we lead also as it tells the story, it's got this humorous part that in my Bible is written in brackets that says, now Moses was the most humble man in all the earth. Pretty sure Moses wrote the book, so. (laughs) But just a few verses down, where God has called Aaron and Miriam and Moses together and said, why weren't you afraid to Aaron and Miriam to speak against my servant Moses. Don't you know that I meet with him face to face and I speak to him plainly and not in riddles? I think the correlation between the fact that Moses is able to say of himself that he's the most humble man in all the world and God meets with him face to face, gives us some insight, gives us some some weightiness to what humility really is. It's not thinking less of ourselves. Maybe sometimes it's thinking of ourselves less. But humility doesn't mean that we have to put ourselves down or feel lesser because someone else feels is is greater. Humility gives us the, the confident ability to recognize our own giftedness and not be threatened by someone else's excellence. You know, in the writing, and I, I think it's Daniel chapter 5, it tells the story of um, King Belshazzar, who's uh, Nebuchadnezzar's son. He's having this enormous party uh, with all the lords and ladies of the land. And in and, 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 and part of the the, I don't know, the frivolities, he gets this great idea. He goes, go and get all the, the, the gold and silver goblets that we stole from the temple of God in Jerusalem. Let's... Let's pull them out and and, and drink toasts to to the gods of rock and stone and metal. That was a mistake. So they're doing that as they're making a boast about their own greatness, right? Operating without any humility whatsoever. This hand supernaturally appears. Starts writing, inscribing something on the wall. Captures everybody's attention. Belshazzar standing there. It sees that he turned white. His knees were knocking together audibly. He knew something bad was happening. He knew the, 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 the title in the chapter is the writings on the wall. He could feel it on the inside of him. In my pride and in my arrogance, I've overstepped my bounds. I've taken that which was dedicated to the Most High, Praise the gods of men. Writing appears on the wall. No one could interpret it for him. Someone said, Go and get Daniel. His God reveals mysteries. Daniel turns up again and says, well, uh, Yep, what's going on? No one else can do it, but I can. No, he operates with humility and grace tells the king what it says. You've been weighed. You've been found wanting. Tonight, the kingdom will be stripped from your hands. That night, King Belshazzar dies. Daniel finds himself in the service of another king called Darius. And still, Daniel continued to operate with great integrity. So he operated with excellence, humility, and integrity. Daniel maintained his integrity so that even when those who were jealous of him sought his downfall, they could find no way to bring accusation against him. And to finish with uh, these last few verses. Daniel 6, verses 1 to 5, tells the story. It says, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps, or I guess rulers, to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel was so distinguished among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional or his excellent qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct. They called his integrity into question. And, and, and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So then deviously, they go and see King Darius and make him pass a, a law. It says, write this down. And, and, and pass it throughout the whole kingdom. Anyone who prays to any other God or man over the next 30 days will be put to death. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Then in verse 10, the story carries on and says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. I'm going to ask the muses to come and, and, and join me this morning as we close. When Daniel heard the news. Anyone who prayed to any other God or any other man beside King Darius for the next 30 days was going to be put to death. But he continued to serve without compromise. He served the king without compromise, but he also served the king of kings without compromise. Sometimes we'll find in life there's areas where we can compromise because it's easy, right? I don't know what that is for you. Like, oh, well, should I have this drink and then drive because I'm at the work, dude? I've drank less than all my friends because I'm a Christian. Well, I can drive them home because they're all drunk and I've only had a few. Should I compromise? I don't know. There's, I can't put your life stories to it, Right? But I know for me, there's been times where, man, it would be easier to compromise than to stick to my commitments to God. But every time that I've chosen God, every time, even if it's been a sacrifice, small or large, I've always been better on the other side when I choose God. Not that I get it right all the time, by the way. but it becomes easier and easier because he proves that he's good when Daniel heard the conditions on pain of death he went to his home he opened his windows towards Jerusalem he got down on his knees continued three times a day as was his custom prayed and gave thanks to God, just as he had done before. As a result, the accusations were brought against him and he was convicted and thrown into the lion's den, much to the behest, I don't know, is that right? right? Look that word up and tell me if I'm right later, of King Darius. He didn't want it to happen. He he loved Daniel. May your God protect you. And we know the story, right? It's very famous that, that God closed the mouths of the lions and in the morning, Daniel came out. Then King Darius writes this letter to all the nations. King Darius, this is chapter six and verse 25. King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language and all the earth after this miraculous event. He said, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. And his dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Daniel's ability to serve without compromise because of his influence and the way that he served, even in the midst of extreme difficulties and at times the threat of death. without compromising who he was and his beliefs and values in God because of his service. As a servant, a king wrote to an entire nation or nations with a declaration about the greatness of Daniel's gospel. Father, we know that it's you alone that's worthy of worship. We honor you this morning. We lift up your name. We declare your greatness. We want the reality to be of our lives that one generation would declare to the next the, the greatness, the goodness, the good things of God. Father, help us not to have that as just a wishful thought or a secret prayer, but let us see the evidence of that in our everyday lives as we we serve those around us, as we come with humble hearts, as we continue with integrity and skillfulness of hands, as we do everything with a spirit of excellence as unto God and not just for men, whether we like the place we're working or not, whether we're in the midst of transition or not, Father, we choose to operate with excellence and as representatives of yours. It's our prayer, it's our hope, it's our desire that by our conduct, we would be known. By the way that we serve, we would be recognized. That the extension of your kingdom doesn't just happen as we are in positions of leadership and power and the CEO of companies, although that's awesome and I pray that that would happen even more. But as we serve in the roles that we have, and the capacity that you've given us. Father, we make your name great. And over every person that's here this morning, God, I just pronounce your blessing in the wonderful name of Jesus. That whatever circumstance they are living in the midst of, whether it's a small thing or something that threatens to end their life, God, we declare your greatness in the mighty name of Jesus. We say thank you that as we hold onto our convictions in you, you never put us to shame. You never leave us nor forsake us. We look to the hills and where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord. You are our portion. You're the one who causes our cup to overflow. So we lift up high this cup, this, this our spirits, this cup of salvation. We know that you fill us to overflow. Lord, as we think of all the days throughout the course of this week, we see the spilling over effect of you, Holy Spirit, in our worlds, working to extend your kingdom, to touch the people around us with your love and with your freedom, to the glory of your name. Amen. 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 Very cool.